something ain't right, yo. Watch out, man. listening to the Piercing Wizard podcast and I'm your host Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience. I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. All right. So, um I've been kind of kicking the can down the road for the last couple of days because we both had stuff to do, but now there's no escape. We have to talk about how 2021 went. So um, introduce yourself and let the people know who you are and where they can find you. Hi, my name is Lola. You can find me um, on the Piercing Wizard podcast with Ryan on a regular basis over a period of two to three years. Is that <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm Lola Slider. My Instagram's Lola.slider. And I own and operate Forest Piercing in Glasgow, um, and where I work as a piercer. And you you made it. You made it to the end of the year. I remember having conversations with you this time last year where things felt like pretty uncertain about what 2021 would bring. And I don't know if you feel the same way that I do, but I feel like 2021 was like a very prosperous year compared to 2020, but it was like, it was way harder and it was like, it was not fun at all. And it, it, it I don't know how to describe it. How, how do you feel about the year? I feel it's like watching a daddy long legs try and fly, you know, like, it's like, it's not quite getting it. It's trying its hardest. And it's sort of, it's, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I'm doing the thing. It's, it's not doing great. Not doing a very good job. But your place is still open. My place yes. is still open. Um, yes. Could be a lot worse. It could be. Um, yes. In a good year, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, at, at what point did your original lockdown get lifted? Was it like March? Or not, not even your original, the, the first lockdown that you went into 2020 with, when did that lift? 2020? No, no, sorry. 2021. I, well, I, I went into to the year in a lockdown. So yeah. like my lockdown started just before Christmas, I think. And then it ended, I went back to work on the 26th of April. Ugh. So, so like four a, months. Yeah. So it was about a four month period being in personal services. Mine was one of the last in industries again to open back up um, just yeah. the same with the previous year. I don't want people to forget about that. I mean, on one hand, I do want people to be able to forget about that in like a trauma, in a trauma sort of way, but I don't want people to forget that if you're still here, if you're still successful, if you're still growing, it's um, against all odds, really. It's against a lot yeah. of adversity. And I'm very proud of what you've done in, in 2021. Well, it's like I said to you in the first podcast that we recorded in the, the pandemic, um, or once the pandemic was kind of, you know, underway, was that the only way I can really think about it is I still have a studio until someone physically takes the keys off of me. Mm -hmm. I still have a studio. I still have the opportunity to make something of it and, and come back from it, no matter how bad things seem. And I think that that's definitely a thought that's been important to me the past almost two years now is as long as I have keys, as long as I have a building and a license, I can make something with it. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'm watching the forest grow and you should be very proud because I'm very proud of you. Um, but I want to talk about some of the things we've dealt with through the year. I think that 2020 was a lot more uncertainty than this year. I think 2021 was like a grim certainty of like, I know what I can do, but I don't 
like it. Um, whereas 2020 was just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, 2021 was definitely a lot more the new normal, whereas 2020 was just everything is on fire all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think 2021 saw you get back into teaching a lot more. Obviously, you did a lot of classes in 2020, but this past year, um, there have been, at least in some capacity, various conferences and events happening again. Um, that was something that didn't really happen at all uh, the last year, or at least not in any significant way. Yeah, there were there were enough little crumbs scattered throughout the year of normalcy where it didn't really feel like the end of the world, but it didn't feel like, no, it, you know, it just, it didn't feel like I, I think anybody wanted it to. Um, but to touch on a couple of things, I... I've never been busier. If you look at it on paper, if you look at it as just like raw numbers, I've I averaged out over an entire year. I've, I've never been busier. My piercing numbers in 2021 beat my piercing numbers in 2019, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But I think it's because you and, and I and every other piercer had to kind of change their, their business model. And you really had to not so much sink or swim, but you were pushed into a place where you had to do a little bit better with logistics. The whole like appointment only concept um, really started to click for me. And I had that dialed in. Um, All the staff was like really efficient with it. And they all kind of went into their routine and we got to get more people in than ever. But I, I, at the same time, I I feel like um, it's such a similar work day almost every day that I work that it, it hasn't completely removed the joy, but sometimes it feels a little bit more formulaic than I want it to. You know, people come in, I ask what they want. I ask if they have questions. We talk about jewelry. We talk about aftercare. We talk about the release form. I'm sterilizing stuff. Then I pierce them. We hit aftercare one more time and they're out the door. So it's like a pretty formulaic experience for a lot of people. I find myself having to kind of use not necessarily a script, but I find myself saying specific things at specific moments because I know it's what people need to hear in those moments. And I feel a lot more robotic than I even had before. And I was already pretty robotic to begin with. So what's, um, what's like an actual workday feeling like for you? I guess it's similar in the sense that, you know, sometimes every day being the same can be comforting, but for some people it can be really monotonous and not as enjoyable. I get it if you're used to taking walk-ins or if you're used to not knowing what day is going to be like, you know, one day could be a lovely surprise and the next day could be unexpectedly quiet or unexpectedly busy. Um, Much like yourself, I'm really fortunate in that I'm quite heavily booked still. So, um, you know, I just do one person at a time from when I open to when I close. So for me, the lovely surprises are just, you know, depending on my clients and how they're doing and Um, I really like when clients are excited about stuff, you know, it makes me more excited. Um, Obviously, like I like to be part of the the situation, you know, like bringing the joy to the scenario. So it's not like I want my clients to come in and put me in a better mood, but it does, you know, it definitely enhances the experience when a client comes in and I can tell they're excited and we can reflect that off of each other. So for me, my days, the highs and lows depend very much on the work that I'm doing. Um, and just the energy in the studio, um, which I always try and keep positive. But um, it is nice when, you know, you just have a really great day where everyone's just in a good mood. Um, So I I guess I feel that a little bit more than I used to. Well, I I think a hard lesson for me has been that I have to, I have to allow the customer's enthusiasm to guide their visit. And not so much like, cause like, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know, you know, if somebody comes in for a nostril piercing, I have a, a probably a nine out of 10 chance of guessing exactly what jewelry they're going to want marking and placement and aftercare questions and all that stuff. So I have to remember that for the person, this might be their first ever experience and, you know, probably their first experience in, in my studio anyway. So I need to let them have that like enthusiasm and wonder and, and let it be fun for them rather than it just being like, I know exactly what you want before you even open your mouth. I have to like 
I have to go with them for their journey rather than like trying to push them through a journey or pull them through a journey. I, I think that sometimes it's, it's hit or miss depending on the time, because in the, the, the days of walk-ins, if I needed a little bit more time, a little bit less time, you know, everything worked out in the end, but with appointment only, if I only have 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever for a client there, you know, you feel that red line coming of like, we really have to finalize what jewelry you want for me to have time to sterilize it, for me to have time to pierce you, for me to have time to walk you through aftercare without having to like push you out the door at the end. So sometimes that can be a little bit challenging. I, I think that the benefits of appointment only far outweigh the negatives. Sometimes clients just like love that one-on-one -on -one interaction that, you know, even regular clients, they might not have ever had that before. Regular clients come in and they say like, I really like appointment only because I don't have to wait around for 45 minutes or an hour to get pierced while you're trying to talk to two other people. And um, so it, it's good and bad, but it's definitely still not my comfort zone yet, but I'm getting there. I think that one of the biggest um, kind of hurdles that I experience is my studio doesn't have an enormous amount of jewelry to the point where I can have duplicates of everything and I can put everything online or I can have catalogs. I very much present it as it's a boutique style business. There is a collection of jewelry to choose from on the day. Um, it rotates and changes pretty often. Um, there's always lots to pick from, but it might be different. You know, it's not the same every time. So I don't have an online catalog because honestly, from one month to the next, it'll be different. And there are some things I'll just have one of that thing. So if someone buys it, that's it gone. Um, so I get a lot of emails. One of my most common questions is, you know, how can I browse jewelry in advance? And it's very difficult trying to explain like, well, you can actually, you can have a look at my Instagram to see the type of work that I do and the type, you know, the selection of pieces that I carry, but they do change regularly. Um, you know, there's always custom ordering if someone wants an exact specific piece. But what I usually just say to people is, you know, there's always lots to pick from. It's very, very rare someone doesn't find something that they like. And if anyone genuinely doesn't want anything, I don't have any problem walking away from the appointment and not charging anything because it's so rare that that happens. I think maybe, maybe once, I think, no, in fact, maybe twice in this entire year, um, have I had clients that have said, you know what, there's nothing here that I like. And in that scenario, it's like, fair enough. You know, I'm not going to charge you anything for that. You turned up for the appointment. So it's not like you didn't turn up. It's not like you canceled. So I'm not going to charge someone for that just because there's nothing that they want. Um, you know, so I kind of reassure people by email, like, you know, if on the day there's nothing at all that you like, you know, no pressure to buy, but yeah, you, you can't browse in advance. I can't take pictures of the cabinets and send them to you because half the stuff in them might be gone by the time that you're here and new yep. stuff will be in them. Um, so that for me is the biggest, is the biggest kind of challenge that I repeatedly deal with every day is getting people to understand. I'm not trying to like trick them into coming into the shop to buy stuff. It's just, that's the type of business I operate is it is, it is just kind of boutique style, see what there is on the day, you know, see if there's anything you really like. I have noticed that um, some of the, the boilerplate questions that I get in 2021 versus 2019, 2020, um, I think so many people have spent the last year and a half, two years doing a lot of their shopping on Amazon or wherever else. So they're just kind of used to that, uh, like endless browsing, you know, uh, infinity scrolling kind of thing. And some of them some of them kind of express that they want that same sort of thing. I get the same emails where it's like, Oh, I was just wondering if I could just pop in to look at your options. I have an appointment in two weeks. And it's always like this really difficult of like, well, no, because your appointments in two weeks. So we, you can't just pop in first off the door's locked. Um, and second off the jewelry I have today might be completely different than it is in two weeks. I try to, I try to tell it, tell it to people in a way where I'm not creating an obstacle. I'm creating like more opportunities like, well, Hey, there's probably going to be new stuff in before you come in. So why don't we leave it for the day of, because if you pick something on the first of the month and then you come in on the 15th of a month, there might be something you like more or the thing you really had your heart set on is gone. Uh, it is, it is challenging. I tried to keep up with it for a while thinking, Oh, how hard it is it to just snap a picture of a jewelry display with my phone, send them a picture that they can browse because then like 
they get back to you two or three days later and they're like, oh, I love this piece. And it's like, well, sorry, I sold it already and it's gone. And if I order it, I'm not going to have it for who knows how many months. So it is a little bit tricky. I try to, um, I try to present it as like a, a positive. Yeah. Being a low volume studio as well. If I did have a system where I sent out photos in advance, I would have people saying, well, can I reserve this? Can I reserve that? You know, people would even pay in advance. I'm sure they would. But then I'm earmarking the stock that I have for clients that aren't coming in for weeks. Mm -hmm. And I have clients that are coming in every day um, that aren't then being prioritized. So I think like I'm just okay with there being certain elements of my business that maybe aren't perfect. Maybe they can't give everyone exactly what they need, but they work for my business. And mm -hmm. there have been more than a few times I've said to clients, look, I know it's unnerving knowing that you're going to basically walk in and have no idea what there's going to be, but there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot in different price ranges. There's going to be multiple titanium options, multiple gold options. The plain option is always included in the price quoted online. So like, you know, there's a, there's a level of safety and security there of knowing we're going to be able to do something for you with your budget. And if at the end of the day, you hate all of it, no offense taken, you can walk away from the appointment. And, I, you know, so far, I haven't had anybody react badly to that. But I think sometimes that's all you can do is just try and explain how your business works and kind of, you know, double down on how you run things and, and how you're comfortable running things instead of, you know, panicking and thinking, oh, I'm going to have to take loads of pictures and everything and email them to people and get back to them and basically do this private online shopping business whilst also servicing my appointments that are coming in on the day. For me, that's just, it's too messy and too complicated for the level that my business is at. Mm -hmm. Maybe a large studio that was really high volume that had a huge amount of stock um, could manage something like that. But for me, um, it's not necessary and it takes too much enjoyment out of my client interactions, I think. Yeah, I, I think if um, the pandemic era has really done anything beneficial, for piercers, it's that like you really by now, anyway, I would hope that, you know, what your business model is, you know, how your shop runs, you know, how to make it successful, especially facing adversity. And, and I think you, it, it unlocks the next chapter of your career when you not only know what you are, but when you know what you're not. And when you're trying to be like a little bit of everything, uh, you can't really do it at the level you want. So when you know that it's like, no, I'm sorry, I just can't accommodate that request. Here, here is like the, the, the booking uh, system that you can use. Here is the, the website that I've created, the social media that I've created to present options. Here's the information that I'm readily giving you so that you can prepare for your visit. All those things are great. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with saying like, I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't, I can't do that because like it's, it's unrealistic for any one shop to think that they can do everything. Like you can't, unless you have a big shop with a ton of staff and they all have dedicated time to do everything. You know, yeah. you got to be realistic about what you do and, and don't do. I think one of the, the great things, you know, we're doing online now in, you know, piercers with communal educational forums and sharing information, that's all really good. But sometimes it can kind of like convince people that they need their business to be everything and that mm. they need to do everything that all these other shops are doing. And, you know, sometimes piercers will even give advice to other piercers businesses they don't even know or understand the model they're operating under mm -hmm. you know the advice might not be relevant it genuinely might not work for them so I think you're right in what you say that it's important to know what your business is and what you want it to be and just be okay with letting certain things go and saying you know this isn't something that I want for my business it's but it's you know a great idea for your business mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely a lot more comfortable at this point with, well, I mean, I have been for a long time, really, but not looking at what other people are doing, not looking at what other shops are selling, because it just, it, you know, it fills my head with nonsense. If I'm like, oh, they're doing this, should I be doing that? They're buying from this company, should I be buying from them? And it's like, everything that I like about my business, all the charm of my business, it comes from, you know, like, what I want the business to be. And from like my creative source and picking what jewelry I want to sell and how I want to present the shop. And as soon as I get bogged down with like, Oh, what are they doing over there? All of that just gets messed up. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm happier not looking at it most of the time. One of the, the, the harder things that I've had to um, get comfortable with is just saying like, I'm sorry, no, we're fully booked for the day because in, in the walk-in life, there was no such thing. It was like, 
I'm here until people stop showing up to give me money. And now almost every day, we just have to like really comfortably, confidently say like, I'm sorry, we're fully booked for the day. Feel free to visit our website. It'll show you up to the minute availability if there are any cancellations. But, you know, once the day is booked, the day is booked. And um, getting to that point was really tough. Some days we might leave maybe a half an hour or, or whatever in the schedule, maybe towards the end of the day where it's like, okay, if somebody has to come in, we can get them there. But uh, we, I just, you know, I'm comfortable saying no with, with certain stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of hope that it, I don't have to go back to walk in life um, later on because I know that I can barely make it through one of those like well-booked appointment days. I know that I, I wouldn't be able to go back to 20 or 30 in a day and having to talk like to five people at once and rushing around and all that stuff. Like I, I'm not capable of that anymore, whether Mm -hmm. it's through age or through intolerance or just, you know, grumpiness. So, you know, I, I'm happier with uh, my bottom line. Now, I think that my staff has a better work day. I think that they can go into work knowing what their workday will be, knowing when they're going to be able to leave, knowing that they're going to be able to have a, a paid lunch break and, and all this stuff. So I know that the days are better, uh, but it still doesn't really feel natural just yet, but it's getting there. Yeah. Um, a couple of good things that I wanted to talk about, you know, when you were still in that first lockdown of 2021, anyway, um, we didn't really talk about this a lot when it was happening, but I, I was coming over to see you um, whenever I could. And I, I think I was really nervous to talk about it publicly because at that point, I think a lot of people were still confused about travel restrictions, confused about the way to, to travel safely. Um, at that point, the, my, my first trip that I went over to see you in 2021 was in February. I think it was around your birthday. And for that trip, it was really just like, I don't remember if they even had testing, but I know that when I came home, I still had to quarantine, which was like some of the toughest part of, of the trips. So um, from what I remember of early 2021, you had to quarantine when you were here. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there was testing at that point. I think it was just quarantine. Um, but, you know, just to clarify, um, the reason that we didn't want to talk about it was because of just the general sense of judgment that you get online when it comes to, oh, so you're traveling, that's so irresponsible, with yeah. you know, scant disregard for the fact that, you know, both of us live alone and haven't really been around other people for a very long time. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to clarify that you were coming here legally. Because yeah. when you say that yeah. you don't, we don't want to talk about it, it makes it sound like you were doing something that you right. weren't supposed to. No, we every time you visited me, there have been a different set of rules and every time you've really like jumped through hoops like crazy to meet those rules. Even with me visiting you this last time, the, the rules for me as a UK citizen coming back into the UK changed the day after I got home. Yeah. Like if I'd have got home a day later, like I would have needed different entry requirements, different quarantine requirements. There's no notice for these things. So you really have to want to do it because mm-hmm. it, it could be, you have no idea what you're signing up for. Um, you know, like when you agree to travel at a time like this. So it's, it's definitely a labor of love. Yeah. Well, I appreciate. well, I love you. So there. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, yeah. So going over there and seeing you when I could, um, I made a handful of trips and you got to come over here for the first time. You know, we, we talked about that a little bit on the, the podcast, but um, it, it was tough because we, we spend at least a little bit of time together every day over zoom or over messenger or over whatever. Yeah. Um, and nothing is really the same as being able to like have physical contact with someone and, and really yeah. be able to share a space or share moments with them. But I'm glad that we've kind of found uh, like a comfortable way to still be with each other, even if we can't physically be with each other. Um, But 2021 was like a whole different level of misery in a way. Like 2020 was just like fear. Like I I don't want to, I don't want to try to pretend like I wasn't scared on at least some level. Uh, mm-hmm. off and on. It's not like I lived the whole year in terror, but 
it wasn't a good year, but 2021 has really been the year of just like anxiety and like ever present depression and blatant addiction to like social media and devices. And I, I can't, I wouldn't be able to like read a book because I can't get my mind to stop ever. I can't get my anxiety to ever go away from, from work. And it's like, what emails are waiting for me, you know, and and even getting to a point where I have to do stuff with my phone, like pause certain apps for a day and take electronic breaks from things and all that stuff. All that does is fill me with fear of like, you know, what's waiting for me when I open the app back up. Yeah. It's been a, a tough year with that. So how's it, how's it felt for you? 2021's definitely just been like the waiting room for humanity, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like everyone has been kind of waiting to restart, but you know, it hasn't quite restarted. And I think even if you're the most patient person, even if you're the most well-researched, you know, like completely believe in everything that we're doing and all of that stuff, I think even if even if you're the most patient person, there have to have been moments where everyone has been like, what is the fucking point? Like, what is the fucking point in everything? And I I think that that's completely normal. Like, you know, both of us have done everything that's been asked of us and um, will continue to do so. And um, I think that things are getting better. I think that the news doesn't always make it look that way. I think you have to seek out good news where you can find it sometimes. Um, I actually found the coronavirus good news twitter page um a really positive news resource over the past year um it's it's literally just like a feed only for like good news related to covid you know like hey here are some positive news about the thing so um you know that was a good thing for me to look at occasionally when i wanted some news but you know was a little bit bogged down with the negative news um so like i think that it's just very natural for people to be feeling tired and fatigued and you know like questioning what the point in everything that we're doing is and and all of that stuff you'd have to be you know a robot to not feel that sometimes so I think that that's really normal and we all have moments where we're just really really over it especially with all this new stuff and I just think that that's a really really normal way for people to feel so if anybody else feels like they're just kind of at their wits end with it. I think that that's incredibly human and, mm-hmm. and can be expected. I've seen, I've seen the people in my life carry it. And sometimes they're not super aware of how they're carrying it. And I can tell when someone feels uncharacteristically irritable, like I don't want to get to a point where I'm like, what the fuck is this person person's problem? And it's like, Oh, I know what the problem is. It's the end of the world. So it's like, go easy. You know, I, Try to try to do what I can to keep the the people I care about in a good place mentally and um, have to try to remind myself to keep myself in the same good place. Mm-hmm. But um, I look back at my my calendar while I was getting ready for this episode and it was just every week was just booked. Every day was just booked with so much stuff. And I think a lot of us used work as a, a kind of a coping mechanism. And for, for people like yourself, for people like myself, business owners or people that work a job that they actually like, you know, work in a career that's beneficial to their, their lives and not just their, their paycheck. Um, that's probably a good thing, you know, focusing on your work and focusing on, on growing something and improving yourself, improving your craft can be a really good thing. And, um, (laughs) that's really what I tried to focus on. I made, uh, about 25 podcast episodes over the year which I know isn't weekly, but it's literally all I could manage. But, you know, you helped me out with the majority of those. And I think it was just really good for both of us to just be able to, to talk and like share how we're feeling and share how work was going. So I hope that some people out there listened to it and knew that they weren't, uh, you know, going through the misery alone. Yeah. Um, Made some, some webinars that I was pretty happy with and, um, really happy with everybody's support at patreon.com slash Ryan PBA. What, um, wait, wait a minute. What Patreon? What, what is Patreon, Ryan? Do you want well, to? Well, Lola, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard of Patreon before. Is it? Well, some uh, kind of web thing. I've been, I've been working really hard on it. I, there, yeah. there, 
like you have volunteer stuff that you do. I have volunteer stuff that I do. And I've, I've really found myself retracting from a lot of my volunteering, um, in the, in the traditional sense, you know, somebody else's organization, somebody else's project or whatever. And now I'm trying to really just kind of do my own stuff, um, that, that can benefit other piercers or, or whoever, you know, um, you know, that I was on that advisory board for my state. And I feel like I spent the last year just kind of spinning my wheels, um, not really making any measurable progress on projects that I've been trying to work on for years. And, um, you know, I'm not really involved in the APP stuff uh, much anymore, you know, as an, as an organization, obviously I'm still a member, but, you know, I'm not on a committee or anything. And um, the podcast and Patreon has really been the way where I can feel useful and, and feel like I can help somebody out. And, and I am not ashamed to admit that I can make a couple of bucks off of it, but I try to keep it very low price because I'm not trying to like nickel and dime anybody. Um, I think that we should, uh, you know, we've complained a lot, which is so unlike us. Yeah. Um, we should, we should focus on some of the things we did this year that made us feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, work related or otherwise. And you one got of that my... ramen place next to you now. Oh yeah, the the, the Street Fighter ramen place. Yeah, Street Emperor. It's amazing. I crave it day and night. Well, you're gonna come get it. Come visit it, and I'll buy you ramen. All right. Um, one of my favorite things that I did this year was um, after going to UKPP and going to um, Paul King's um, talk on Alan Oversby. Paul mentioned in the class that in preparation for the class, he had interviewed Alan Oversby's former partner um, or partner in life. um, And uh, Paul mentioned that it was the first time anyone had actually interviewed them about Alan's life. And it just seemed really shocking that, you know, all that time had passed and no one had reached out to them and talked to them for the wealth of information that they must have. And, you know, it got me thinking that I would like to do something like that for um, a piercer in Glasgow who had been piercing for a really long time. There's a piercer called John that works down at Nirvana who's been pierced, or well, I say down at Nirvana. There's a studio in Glasgow called Nirvana that's been operating for about 30 years. And John has been piercing in it for that full 30 year period. And it just occurred to me listening to Paul's class um, and he was talking about how you know, if we don't document these people's lives, if we don't document their stories and histories, that they are just lost in a generation, you know, like no one's documenting them. Um, And so uh, I went and spoke to John for about an hour and recorded the conversation. And um, he's given me permission to submit that to the piercing archives, um, assuming that they want it, which I'm sure that they do. Um, You know, any, any stories of people who have been piercing for that length of time are important to document. And I think that if anybody knows a piercer who's been, you know, operating for 20, 30, 40 years in their area, something that might be really nice to do is to just go and chat with them for an hour and listen to their story and what their process was like going through the the 90s, the 80s, you know, the 70s, depending on who it is you're talking to. And it was just like a really, really nice grounding conversation and so enjoyable to just listen to and we are very much wrapped up in ourselves a lot of the time as piercers so getting completely outside of that bubble and talking to someone in no way connected to it who has at the same time almost three times as much experience as me was a really lovely experience I think that was one of my favorite things that I got to do this past year because it was just so enjoyable and just had nothing to do with you know internet life. Um, So I think that if other piercers are looking for something enriching that they can do that might actually help, you know, with community preservation is talk to to piercers that have been piercing for a long time and, you know, like document their stories and who they were influenced by, maybe who they trained with or who they were inspired by, you know, nobody else is doing it. So I think that that's, that's a really fun thing that we can pick up. Yeah. I think a lot of people, forget about the generation that came before them and they try to forge their own path and create their own, their own legacy or or whatever. But even if it's just the people in your own studio, the the mentors that you have, or the person that trained you, 
if you've never actually sat down and heard their story about how they learned and what got them into piercing in the first place, who trained them, if they had a mentor, all that stuff is, is really important to, to maintain and, and document. And I remember when you were getting ready for that, that talk. And I remember when you were done with it, like the energy that you had and just feeling like connected to someone who's just right down the street in a way, but is kind of worlds apart because they're not in the same bubble that, that you're in. Um, so, uh, that, that's a great piece of advice, whether, whether you're in the U S or whether you're outside of the U S or whatever, maybe just take the minute to, to talk to someone and, and document it, whether it's through email or through zoom or audio or, or whatever. And it's not something where you have to think that you're putting it on YouTube or putting it on, on iTunes or something like that, but save it. Save it. If you think that it's a good conversation and, and shed some light on the, the history of who we are as body piercers, share it to the body piercing archive. And even if you don't think that, or the person being interviewed doesn't think that it's relevant or useful for today's body piercer, I guarantee a couple of years down the road, it's going to be gold because we're going to get to a point when those piercers retire, move on to other things in life, or eventually start to, to pass away as we all will. Uh, I don't want those stories to be gone forever. So document it while you can. And I'm really proud of you for, for taking that initiative to, to do that. Thank you. I'm thankful for John for agreeing to talk with me. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like one of the things you have to consider is when you go to these talks at conferences, you know, Paul King always does amazing history talks. You see all these pictures and old grainy videos and old recorded conversations. And you have to ask yourself, how important did they think it was at the time? You know, because at the time it wasn't important to anybody, but they documented it and now it's important. You know, like when you're documenting stuff, it rarely seems significant at the time. Um, so even if it doesn't seem like it might be essential documentation, it can, it can still be really fun. And, you know, time flies pretty quickly. And in 10 or 20 years, like you say, those conversations could really mean something to somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, so before, before you did that, uh, you got to wrap up your time on the UK APP board of directors. Thank fucking Christ. Um, <laughs> and, and, What's uh, the more challenging in our relationship? The travel restrictions, the pandemic, or me complaining to you about about volunteer work? Well, I, I would say that the the biggest burden, the <laughs> biggest burden um, in our relationship has been the fact that I think our first love will always be body piercing or something <laughs> cliche like that. Like you're a really hard worker. You're really dedicated to not just your own business or your own career, but you're dedicated to the, the industry and the community. Um, and sometimes you would prioritize that over yourself. Sometimes there would be days on end where we didn't have any time together because there were other projects that, that took priority. And it, I'd say that it was all justifiable and it was all for the, the, the greater good of the community. But I'm very glad to, to be in a relationship with non-board Lola, uh, I think a lot of the other people that I know who are on boards and seeing how their relationships have changed over those multi-year periods, um, I'm really glad that neither of us is on the board and we get to just like have extra time for each other. Plus, I think like the community deserves people who are fresh and enthusiastic, you know, sure. so it's not just about being able to do the work and being able to do the job. Like I think that the, the industry deserves like new blood and new energy injected at regular intervals. So, um, you know, like, I don't just think of it as like, Oh great. I don't have to do that stuff anymore. It's also like good for the industry and good for the community that there are new people doing it with new perspectives that are different from mine and with backgrounds and skill sets that are different from mine. So, um, you know, as much as it is a relief to not have to, um, take on the extra work. And I've definitely had a, a reduction in the number of, um, unhappy mental Lola moments um, since not being on the board. Yeah, I will call them, we'll call my, my episodes unhappy Lola moments. That sounds way, way less depressing. Sure. Um, 
yeah, um, there have definitely been a reduction. So I know it was absolutely the right thing for me to do, but it's also the right thing for the community because the community needs new energy, new information, new perspectives. So like, I think it's good all around when, when there are board changeovers. Yeah, because every new generation is going to have a different perspective and different goals and all that stuff. Uh, there's there's never going to be a finish line for what body piercing is. It's always going to be a movable finish line. So I remember when I when I joined the board, I would think like, well, this, this, and this are outdated and need to be freshened up. But then by the end of my term, the new people coming in were probably like, well, those things that Ryan was working on are outdated. So we need to freshen up this, that, and whatever. And it's, it'll be the same for you. It'll be the same for the next board and the board after that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always going to be the younger piercers, the, the fresh, the more engaged, the, they haven't, <laughs> they haven't been jaded yet piercers. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great. And I'm very glad that you were a one and done term president. Yeah. So if that's all like, you know, what we went through, in 2021, we're about to enter 2022 and we're, we're entering it still in a pandemic, but now some of us have, uh, vaccines. Some of us are still mandated to wear face masks. Some of us are still kind of put into a box of, of how we can work, you know, maybe what we're offering at work, all that stuff. Um, there were conferences in 2021, I would imagine in 2022, a lot of those conferences will, will still be ongoing. Maybe some other ones will, will come back. What are you looking forward to in 2022? You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I've kind of really grown used to just thinking a month ahead at a time. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure. I don't have a lot of goals for 2022. Um, you know, I'd be lying if I said I thought about it a whole bunch. I think I want to be more okay with taking little holidays. Um, I don't know if some people might have seen that, you know, when I posted about visiting you, I'd mentioned that it was the first holiday I'd taken in about four years. And it wasn't an exaggeration. Every other trip that I've done in the past, at, at least three, possibly now four years has been to go to a work conference, to go to a guest spot or maybe to go away for one night when I was already going to be off work. And that's it. Um, so one of the things I really wanted to take away from all the lockdowns is that if I can be out of work for four solid months, how can I not take a week off to go on holiday? Like, yeah. how can that be the thing that kills my business? So that's something that I really want to like take away from all of this and even in the run-up to visiting you like you'll know I was massively stressed and massively anxious because I physically Were haven't you? Been, yeah I, I wore that mask well yes um no so being physically away from work but not just the physical shop like not really doing my email I was still I still updated my social media I think because that doesn't really take a lot out of me but like I wasn't doing emails I set up you know like I put a lot of extra work into my website to try and refer people to as much information in, in my absence as possible um, and then just say you know that's it I have to be away for for a handful of days and everything went fine with it um, but even if there had been problems even if people had been upset I need to get used to the fact that taking five days off work does does not make me a monster and it will not make my life and business fall apart because that's yeah. what it can feel like sometimes for a self-employed person. So I yeah. think in 2022, I'd like to, you know, take a couple of regular person holidays, even if it's just two weeks out of the year. I don't see why I shouldn't be doing that. When, when people who work arguably much more difficult jobs, much more important jobs, and they have their like annual holiday, they get a week off, two weeks off, whatever. Um, that's like a completely different world to, I think a lot of, especially self-employed people, uh, you, you constantly put this sort of pressure and expectation on yourself where it's like, well, I can't, I can't take extra time off. Like, you know, I, I know that there's money to be made, uh, or, you know, clients to help or, or whatever, but yeah, uh, it's very enriching to know that you even just have one day just to yourself without having to, to do something for someone else, emails and this and that, and give your energy to someone else. So I was very happy when you 
uh, made the decision to, to come and see me and take a few days off because I knew how good that would be for not just us, but for, for you, especially to just be able to have a few days where you didn't have to worry about work. Yeah. Um, I think being able to visit you as well definitely made it a lot more real because like, it was like I was physically somewhere else, you know, like I haven't really been apart from to go to conference. I haven't been out of this flat in two years, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like apart from maybe one or two nights in a hotel or something like that. So physically being somewhere else definitely made it easier to feel like I was on holiday. So I think that's what I'm looking forward to next year is to try and remind myself that like I, I should have like normal expectations of leisure time and, and holidays, just the same as everyone else. Um, what about you? <laughs> the first thing that pops to my mind is like, I'm looking forward to getting the jewelry that I ordered several months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to knock any of the companies because I'm sure their workday is exponentially more difficult than my workday. Um, I, there, there was an episode I did a while back and it was myself and AJ Goldman basically huffing and moaning about 12 week wait times. And at, at that point it was like, can you believe it? 12 week wait time. And now it's like what I would give to have a consistent, predictable 12 week wait time for some of these mm -hmm. vendors. But again, I'm not going to knock it because I know that it's difficult for them, raw materials, labor, all kinds of other stuff. People like panic buying body jewelry like they did with toilet paper. You know, it, it's probably not easy for them to keep up with this absurd demand. And like everything's fine. I'm not running out of jewelry, uh, all that stuff. So it's just more like more snarky when I say it. Um, but I, I think 2022 is going to be really similar to 2021. Uh, I think the next couple of months, there's going to be COVID spikes. So we're not really going to be able to have a lot of like relaxing over the winter, but I think I'm, I'm hopeful that once we get into spring, once we get into summer, things can feel a little bit normalized. I'm really looking forward to there being an APP conference in 2022. I certainly hope that that happens. Um, really looking forward to any opportunity I get to come and see you or, have you come see me or us meet in the middle somewhere. Uh, other than that, I don't really have any expectations for 2022. I, I hope that we're all still around to do another like year end recap episode at the end of 2022, yeah. um, that our businesses are still healthy and, and thriving and that my colleagues and my friends are doing well and blah, 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 blah. But um, well, I'm, I'm trying not to, I'm trying not to have too many plans in 2022. Well, positive things are, you know, in the, I'm not sure what it's like. I know in America, there's lots of different conditions in different states and things. But I know in the UK, being in the personal service industry, um, there was a lot of concern about that industry opening up. Um, you know, we're some way into the pandemic now, and I've yet to see any studies or reports that indicate personal services are a hotbed for transmission, mm -hmm. um, even going back to under mask services. I've not seen anything that suggests a, a rise in risk to clients or staff, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen anything that relates to spikes of infection following the, the limited number of piercer gatherings that there have been. Um, I, I know that the you know testing was mandatory for UK APP. I think it was as well for BMXNet. Yep. Um, you know, so I think that um, in terms of risk to piercers and piercing clientele, I think that's all really positive. Obviously, it doesn't mean there isn't a risk. I think it means that everyone is doing everything that they can, which I think is awesome, um, you know, because, you know, this time last year or maybe 18 months previous, we had no idea, you know, going back to work, what that was going to involve and, um I think piercers have been really safe and consistent and not let their guard down. And I think it's really paid off because, you know, piercers talk quite a lot. And I think we'd be hearing a lot more about it if there were um, significant risks to their health and significant spikes in client exposure, client infection. I'm not saying there's none. Like I know that there have been and will continue to be and people have gotten sick. Um, but, but body piercers aren't getting sick at a faster rate than other industries. Yes. That's what I mean. Like going back to work, we had no idea. We work 
face to face with people, even with PPE, we're in close proximity. And I think that, you know, even this time last year, um, with under mask work still being restricted in most parts of the world, we had and still no being idea. very taboo. Yes, uh, we had no idea what was going to happen when that was reintroduced. So I think all of that stuff is really, really positive and can't be overlooked. And I don't think it means that people should stop caring. I think it means people should keep caring exactly as much as they have been because what they're doing is working and it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't you, is your oven already preheated? Always. Ooh. Uh, why don't you go? Why don't you go drop your food in the oven, and I'm gonna do a gratuitous Patreon plug, and then you can come back, and we'll wrap it up. Okay, baby. So, uh, while Lola heats up her uh, spicy chicken curry, uh, I would like to thank uh, each and every person who made the decision to subscribe and to support me on Patreon. Uh, I've done my best to to try to get some content out there for you. Uh, I hope that you enjoy it know that I have lots of plans for 2022 and I just want to keep it growing and, and make you the best content I can. Uh, earlier today, I was working on the, the needle modification video. So if you haven't already gotten a chance to sign up for uh, Patreon, please do so patreon.com slash Ryan PBA. You can check out all the different generations of content that I've made for it through uh, pandemic life lots of webinars. There's like more than a dozen webinars that are all an hour plus long on a variety of different subjects. Uh, a lot of the, the classes that I was teaching at conferences before uh, COVID era, I recorded those, got those online for people that, that weren't at those conferences. I wrote a lot of new content about needles and tapers and gloves and statums and all kinds of content. Uh, and then I got into this whole thing about doing these narrated piercing videos and I've been getting an amazing response from it. Uh, and I, I've got a lot more coming. I recorded one about Prince Albert's. I recorded a really cool six gauge PA with a, a heavily modified needle. I'll have that ready for you sometime in early 2022, most likely sometime during January. I still have a skin preparation class I need to get recorded and, and posted online for you. And um, whatever else you're interested in, let me know. It's patreon.com slash Ryan PBA. You can get all that content on the $15 a month Archmage tier. Other than that, I'm still going to work on putting out as much free content as I can. I'm going to try to do more Ask Me Anything sessions. I'm going to keep these podcasts going uh, whenever I can. And I'm going to harass Lola to uh, join me for as many as possible also. Uh, so again, just thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Um, I know that uh, money ain't free and you could choose to get, you know, a month of Netflix or something instead, but thank you for uh, continuing to support me on Patreon. It keeps me going and it's really therapeutic for me when I'm having my worst days rather than just like turning off all the lights and sitting by myself and just being a sad blob. I try to think like, well, let me work on something. I've got a class. Let me edit this. Let me subtitle that. Let me record something uh, while I'm at work. So thanks for paying attention to all of it. And there she is. You got your food in the oven? Uh-huh. <clears throat> well, is there anything that you would like to say to people as we wrap it up? Yes. Um, Ryan and I have been re-watching The Wire. Ooh, and, so good. And after The Wire, they should have just canceled television. They should have just mm -hmm. canceled it, like for a number of reasons but primarily that uh, it peaked and then it was like, you know, a slight decline and then a rapid drop off, you know, like post wire. Um, so, yeah. Well, let's, let's take a, let's take a second to talk about like how we really spent our year other than piercing and feeling anxious. We have watched, I don't even know how many movies and entire TV series like simultaneously over zoom and like, carefully syncing up the audio and doing this and doing that. Like you got me into RuPaul's Drag Race and we watched, I don't know how many seasons of that, at least two seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. You got me into Pokemon and we watched the entirety of the original cartoon series, at least what was on Netflix. Mm -hmm. What else did we watch in, in 2021? I know we watched all of Breaking Bad. I don't remember. Oh, we which watched year it was. The, the spooking of Spookington Manor shows. Oh yeah, the spooktacular house of spooky Spookington. 
Spooky Manor. Yeah, Spooky it's Manor. the one where it was like the Hill House one and then the Bly Manor one and then not the, you know, one that shall not be named that I thought was Pish. Oh, the vampire one? Yeah, that one was bad. Well, I was trying not to say vampire because it's meant to be a surprise, apparently. Okay, Even it's meant to be a like, surprise in the way that Tommy Lee Jones didn't know what lava was in Volcano, but like yeah. 30, 30 minutes into like that series, you'd be like, oh, that's a, that's a vampire. It's obviously a vampire. Yeah, we were both pretty much like, oh, okay, there. so there's a the vampire thing. Yeah. Got it. Got well, it. yeah, that one wasn't as good. So that, um, we're watching The Wire. And we've watched a whole bunch of stuff and I love it. It's great. Now, that's one, like one of my favorite things is like not when we argue about what to watch, but when we find something to watch, we watched um, all of the Conjuring movies. Yeah, I love Owlman. Yeah. And we got to watch the most recent one together in the cinema when I was yeah. there for a trip. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. I got to watch you gobble up a lot of cinema nachos. Um, we got to have. Hard. Sorry. I eat hard. You do eat hard. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of good, a lot of good stuff happened in 2021. Maybe arguably more bad stuff, but no. I think we, I think we had a great year together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, ups and downs, whatever. But uh, you and I were pretty lovely, I think. Thank you. But, but, hopefully but. no one's vomiting now. I anyway. Sick. Uh, my social media, Ryan PBA, um, patreon.com slash Ryan PBA. I've got a bunch of plans for stuff in 2022, but I don't want to divulge anything yet. Um, where do you want people following you on the internet? Um, uh, Lola dot slider is my Instagram and Um, forest piercing. And Forest Piercing is also my Instagram. Although sometimes when I type posts as Forest Piercing, I use the royal we, where it's, we got to do this. It's me. All right. I'm, it's, I'm the we. It's me. Wow. Um, really showing behind the curtain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Forest Piercing, Lola.Slider. And uh, oh, you know what else good happened in 2021? Uh, they freed Britney. So Free Britney. Can't forget that. Okay. Uh, the Wire is available on uh, HBO Max if you're in the US and The West Wing is also on HBO. It's the only reason I keep that subscription. Um, but thanks for listening to uh, us talk for not only this episode, but for like the last year uh, on podcast. So thanks. And uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a hiatus for the holidays i've got i've already got plans for some new episodes that i'm going to be recording uh throughout early january and then i'll start publishing them again i i don't think it's going to be on a weekly basis at least uh to start but i'm going to try to get up at least one or two a month and then you know if if conferences end up happening you can expect some more consistent content uh for that and i would really like to be able to get back out there and do some live in-person seminars again but it's a little bit too early to uh, to plan for that just yet. So thanks, everybody. Um, maybe take some time on the hiatus to scroll back through some of the old episodes. There's a lot of great stuff in there. I, none of it springs to mind at the moment, but <laughs> I'm sure there's one or two episodes where I don't just talk about Patreon the whole time. Uh, is that it? Yeah. You know, at least no one is ever going to have to like take the time to interview us over our piercing life stories because it's already on uh, the podcast. Yeah. And like, if we ever um, get like stabbed in the neck or something uh, and we can't talk anymore, they can, they can take all the audio from these various podcasts and they can make a robot voice for us. If anything, there's too much information. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to stop recording now. Okay. Bye. Bye. So the first thing you're going to have to do if you decide that you're going to be someone who thrives in times of hardship, and there are always those who thrive in times of hardship, aren't there? There are those who survive epidemics. There are those who thrive in hard times. In other words, 
we want you to step back far enough. You know how when you're in your airplane and you're looking across the landscape, high in the sky, 500 miles an hour, 50,000 feet in the sky, and you look down, it all looks pretty calm down there, doesn't it? Put it on the ground at that speed, not so calm. We're encouraging you to take flight. We're encouraging you to back, back, back up from it. Get a longer view and understand that it is not possible for things to get worse in a universe that is expanding. But this is something that you may begin to notice. As contrast exists, and it always will, and as everything is expanding, including contrast, as contrast becomes more, then asking becomes more. And when asking becomes more and resistance stays strong, then more people beat themselves up by not going with the flow. That's all you're seeing right now. But when you, as an individual who can't control what the others do, let loose of your own resistance and go with the flow, then you become one who experiences immediate thriving. Now this is the part about something that you're going to have to learn to do during this interim. It's just a few months. You have to decide that you don't care what others think of you. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs>